We're talking about the 49ers previewing the game, talking about who's going to play and everything you got to know here on the Locked On Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, your pal, the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Shows on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Today's episode is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in a head to head fantasy matchup. Winner take all. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. So I hope you all had a good Thanksgiving. A lot has happened since last time we talked. This is going up on Friday. Just so you know, I'm recording this before Thanksgiving. So I have uh, some limited information, but I'll give you what I know, at least as of this recording, but you're all in the future. So I'm time traveling a little bit. Um, so I guess the first thing I, we should talk about is the Everson Griffin situation and at least what I know about it right now, uh, late in the night, Tuesday night, early Tuesday or early, uh, Wednesday morning, Everson Griffin had, uh, a mental health episode, uh, that was not unlike some of the previous ones that he had had with some paranoia. He posted some really disturbing stuff on Instagram, including him with a gun. Uh, he was like feared for his safety, um, the Vikings caught wind of this, employed their emergency acting action plan. Also, uh, law enforcement was called to Everson Griffin's house. They managed to resolve the situation after a long standoff, resolve it peacefully. Now Everson Griffin is um, recovering and he's safe and all of that, which is which is good. Um, mental health is very important. The Vikings have made quite a point to spread awareness about mental health, both with their like public facing stuff, but also their players have uh, opened up about various mental health issues with Lindsey Young's Getting Open series, which is a phenomenal. It's at vikings.com. You should check those out if you haven't already. Um, and eh, I just want to like take a minute to say, take care of yourself because this kind of thing is really sad. Nobody wants you to be in a crisis and you know, you know, people care about you. So take care of yourself. Ask for help when you need it. It's okay. Uh, in regards to Everson Griffin, I don't know a lot about that situation, um, what happened, what led to all of this or whatever, but we know that Everson Griffin has some demons, and uh, hopefully he gets the help he needs. Obviously, you might be wondering about his availability for upcoming games. The last time I saw anybody asked about that, they basically said, that's not our concern right now, so I don't know. Um, you might, now that it's Friday, now that we're on the other side of Thanksgiving here. Um, so I, I can't tell you that much, but I can at least tell you what I know about the situation right now. Um, in other news, the injury report that came out on Wednesday was pretty short. Uh, Bashad Breland, Anthony Barr, and Wyatt Davis were the only limiteds. And then, of course, Everson Griffin was the only person not present, um, though they're dealing with the same injuries they've been dealing with. So the Vikings, outside of the kind of IR injuries and the reserve things that they've already dealt with, and like Dalvin Tomlinson on COVID, a lot of other guys are coming back and, and playing a little healthier. The Vikings also, to deal with some of the depth issues that they have right now on defensive line, you know, no Pierce, no Tomlinson, um, obviously no Hunter, potentially no Griffin. Uh, they brought in Tayshaun Bauer. You might remember him from a few years ago. He was kind of a half practice squad, half roster guy. Um, I think they tried to stash him on a practice squad. He got poached. He's been kind of floating around the league um, on and off of rosters. So now he's back in Minnesota on the active 53. Um, hopefully they get Kenny Willekes back, who is off of COVID-19 IR, but he's still like recovering 
recovering from the respiratory illness. And then, of course, you have Sheldon Richardson, uh, who, who's been playing both inside and outside. He played a bunch of edge against the Packers. Maybe he keeps doing that. Maybe they have Willikis at edge and they have Sheldon Richardson on the inside. They might flip those two. And then you got, you know, James Lynch, Armin Watts, DJ Wanham, all the other guys that have also been rotating in will just rotate more. Um, Andre Patterson was asked about all this and he kind of said, yeah, that I mean, this is what depth is for. Basically, he said I, somebody asked about the depleted defensive line and and Patterson said, well, I wouldn't use the word depleted. These are guys that we picked that we wanted in our building that have practiced every day with us. So, yeah, they're going to go out. They're going to have to step up. Um, that's life. That's the NFL. Right. And I think that's fair. Um, on the other side of the trenches, there is the Mason Cole Garrett Bradbury situation. Um, a little later in the show, we're going to talk to the 49ers guys, Lockdown 49ers guys, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker. And uh, they were asking about it. I knew less than I know now. So let me get ahead of that. Uh, so Mason Cole and Garrett Bradbury uh, might both play in this game according to Clint Kubiak. And it was kind of funny watching that quote because it seemed like Clint Kubiak said that and then realized he wasn't supposed to say anything like that and then tried to like obfuscate. Um, that's just my speculation though. Um, but somebody asked about Garrett Bradbury getting back into the starting lineup and he kind of said a bunch of platitudes like he's a professional and a hard worker and he's doing everything we ask and we'll probably get him both in this time. And people were like, wait, what? Both Mason Cole and Garrett Bradbury will play? Will one of them play guard? And he said, well, one would have to. And but that seemed like he was already in a panic about having said too much. Like Kubiak got real nervous all of a sudden, which was I don't know. I, I think it's cute and funny. Uh, it's you know not the end of the world, right? But um, what that means is we're in this weird spot where we don't know what the interior is going to look like. Did Oli Udo get replaced by Mason Cole? Is that how this is going to happen? Was it truly uh, in Green Bay where the coach is not lying to us about Bradbury only sitting because he wasn't back from COVID? Uh, he hadn't recovered fully from, uh, from COVID yet, like Kenny Willekes. Is that the case, or is it, um, is, is you know, is, or is it this all just lies and Mace, it'll be Mason Cole next to Oli Udo again or whatever? I have no idea what's going to happen. So it's going to be a really weird offensive line thing. I do have a piece coming out some point this week. Hopefully, it'll be out before the 49ers game about life with Mason Cole. Kind of goes over some of the stuff I talked about yesterday. Um, it was supposed to come out on Wednesday, uh, but. It will, it'll come out when the news cycle's a little bit less sad. So there's all that stuff also uh, going on. In terms of the actual 49ers, the one thing that I really, really wanted to talk about, and I just don't have time to, there's too much weird stuff that we have to cover instead, is their motions. Um, you hear coaches talk about motions and stuff a lot, and just like as quickly as I can, the, the challenge of motion is that as a defense, where guys are aligned determines your job. Um, if there's two tight ends on one side, it, they'll, it'll be a different co coverage than if there's one tight end on one side and one on the other. And all the players know this and part of the play call kind of adjusts for all of that, but they all have to process that and be on the same page and change to the same coverage all at once. So you're going to get against the 49ers who use a motion on like every play, every play, somebody is shifting, motioning, moving around. Kyle Shanahan will never just give you the look that it actually is. So you basically have to have multiple plays in your head at the same time and then at the snap count once everybody's set you have to figure out what you're in be correct about it and do all of that lightning quick that's really 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 hard it's difficult against the run especially i think that's why they they have a good run game um is because your gap can change and if your gap changes and you're not right about what it changes to you leave a gap open and then Debo Samuel goes for, you know, a 50 yard scamper on you. And they've got all kinds, you know, Debo's a good playing well as a running back and as a ride receiver. You've got Elijah Mitchell uh, 
Jeff Wilson, whoever they've got, that's going to be a really, really big problem. So I think if the Vikings can be gap sound, if they can handle those mental stresses well enough uh, that the 49ers will present to them, I think they have a shot here. Um, even without their depth, but that's going to be the way it, it has to go. I asked a lot more questions about the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo and everything to Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker, how they play defense, all that stuff. Um, so I, I'm going to show that to you in just a second, and then uh, we'll we'll do our bold predictions as well. Don't think I forgot about those. We still have those coming up. Uh, but first, so I can't stand daily fantasy. Um, I just I, I can't stand entering a pool with one million people and having to like play the craziest edge cases ever to have a chance. Like that's how the sharps do daily fantasy is they'll pick like weird people and they need, you know, uh, Elijah Moore to get four touchdowns or something crazy like that to win the daily fantasy. pool. I can't stand that. I would rather do head to head. That is what Stat Hero is for. Stat Hero is the first of its kind. It's a daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups, winner take all. Stat Hero shows you their lineups before you play, and you just have to beat that lineup. This never-before-seen innovation of a fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clocking odds that are over four times better than your classic DFS. Why? Because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts and sharps and a bunch of randos. Stat Hero puts you in control of your own fate. You're in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play for, and Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them. Stat Hero head-to-head is what daily fantasy should be. One-on-one, mano-a-mano, head-to-head. So sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all one word, for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on, promo code locked on for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash locked on, promo code locked on, terms and conditions apply. All right, I want to welcome in Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker of the Locked On 49ers podcast here on Crossover Thursday. Thank you guys so much for joining me. So asking y'all about the 49ers, my biggest wonder, I guess, is, well, I have all sorts of curiosities about Trey Lance, but he's not going to play in this one, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I could, probably spend, an hour, could probably spend an hour asking you about him because I'm very curious. Wait, when we cross over in 2023, we'll be all about it. <laughs> yeah, about there him. you go. Um, so I guess let me ask this. Offensively, Kyle Shanahan's, is Shanny washed? What happened? It's people like I've seen people like want to fire him. Is he bad now? Oh, uh, no, that was two weeks ago, man. You're way behind. He he found he got his groove back. Everybody loves Shane. Okay, they, they love right. the Shanahan offense, the, the scripted first quarter drives. Yeah, 18 plays, 20 plays taking up the entire first quarter. Hey, look out if the Niners win the toss and in the Vikings' first series, they go three and out. The Niners might have the ball the entire first half. Like that's that's entirely. <laughs> oh possible. no! Do an 11, 11 minute drive and a thirteen minute drive from the last two weeks and put those together in the first half. Might that's be, who, uh, be that's who the Vikings want to be too. So this is gonna we're gonna this is gonna be decided on seven possessions apiece this game. Yeah. So what uh, makes Kyle Shanahan scary? What why what make what challenges does he pose to a defense that it, we're gonna struggle with here? So Kyle. And it's weird because there's a couple things here. Like, like I, I saw Mackenzie Alexander kind of get whooped by Devontae Adams out the slot on the left side for a touchdown, right? Oh, Kyle Shanahan doesn't one. necessarily attack a, a certain player because maybe he's not good. His thing is he understands all your rules and in mm. your defense's coverage, your defensive uh, coverages, and he understands how to put your players in conflict. And he does an extremely good job of doing that. So he is a master at attacking schemes. 
And from that standpoint, and then he has these guys that when he does attack his scheme and the timing matches up, which Jimmy Garoppolo is a really good quarterback with throwing with timing and rhythm, then you throw him in space to Debo Samuel or George Kittle, big plays happen. So, so, so that's what he does. He puts his guys in position to be able to make plays and pick up big chunk yardage. Now, the issue is if a team starts to kind of take away exactly what uh, Jimmy Garoppolo does well, then you can kind of throw the offense out of rhythm, and then that's when Jimmy starts to get a little, like, skittish when he has, like, too much time. It's kind of weird. It's like the more time hmm. he has, the more it's like, oh, no, what do I do? Then he might just throw a random pass. But if it's in rhythm and timing, and it's like how Kyle Shanahan sees it, that's when the defenses will be in trouble. And then he throws them off where all his run. There's somebody goes in motion every play, dang there. I, I that's about 95% yeah. Five percent of the time, someone's going in motion. He's using guys. He's throwing off all their, uh, all their personnel. He'll he'll come out. There was one play on the goal line. He had Debo Samuel lined up in the backfield as a running back. He had the fullback. It was George Kittle at tight end on one side. He had Kyle Uchek. And that tight end on the other side with his hand in the ground, he had Brandon Ayuk. And on the outside of Brandon Ayuk was an actual running back. So, like, he'll throw out <laughs> some, like, weird, like, formations and things that throw off your yeah, defense. Like, and guys yeah, what's like, the rule who there? Do I, who do I guard? Like, what, what guy do I keep next yeah. to you know? Somebody just wide open. So, I, I want to get further in the weeds with you because I feel like we could unlock something really cool. What? is his favorite thing to do against like match quarters, cover seven, save and stuff. Cause that's the Vikings live in basically all of that right now. They got Carl Scott out of Alabama as a DB coach last year. What does he want to do against that kind of thing when it's not necessarily like zone and it's not necessarily man, but it's man match. It's, you know, you take the outside guy. I take the inside guy kind of stuff. He'll, he'll count on Debo Samuel, George Kittle to win their matchup. Okay. Or what, what do you think? I mean, what do you think? No, he wants to run the ball. Oh, well, yeah, that's yeah. And, and, and on those know. two high shells, sure, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And so they're throwing these, they're doing these tosses. I mean, and this has been something consistent. And there he's basically telling you that my guys up front with Lakin Tomlinson, Trent Williams, George Kittle, and whoever we're tossing the ball to, whether it's Debo Samuel, which they've done, he ran for 90 yards last week or 80 yards last week. Uh, if it's Elijah Mitchell, he's gonna tell you that we're tougher than you, he's gonna test that toughness of the Vikings defense. And hmm. if he starts to have some level of success, he will do that all night long to the tune of the last couple of games. The 49ers have ran the ball 86 times. Oh my God. That's what he wants. Kyle Shanahan wants to have 40 runs at the end of this football game. And he might he that. Then that means the scoreboard is probably in his favor and the time yeah. of possession is his, in his favor, but I'm sure yeah. the, the Vikings want to do the same thing with Dalvin cook, right? Sure. And I guess I, I do want to ask a little bit about the defense. Um, if the Vikings could, they would run it a lot to Dalvin Cook. Right now, they're in this moment where it's like shot play to Justin Jefferson City. We want to get him two yards, 200 yards in a game. Um, but I guess, what's the identity of this 49ers defense? Is it still the kind of the way it was back in the, the Robert Sala days where, I mean, the last time we saw them? Or I, I, I don't know. Give me give me the overall you know generalities of, of the defense. I I will say that overall, similar vibe. They want to win up front, and they want to get to the quarterback before anything gets exposed on the back end. They want to they want to be tough. You know, it's very much a, a bend don't break sort of a defense. Um, and and I'll let Croc talk about the the schemes on the back end and in the defensive backfield. But for the most part, they want to win with their front forks. They know if they can, it makes life so much easier everywhere else. But 
they have done that less often, especially against, well, really against the run in the past. For a couple of games, they were bad against the run, and they've been better recently, but the teams they've been playing against have needed to throw because they've gotten an early lead. So I'm interested to see there if this game is close or if the Vikings score first, how that game script looks and how that changes things for the 49ers defense here and the 49ers offense because they've been able to bully teams the last two weeks in the Rams and the Jaguars. But Nick Bosa is the only guy that's consistently winning in the in the pass rush game. And like mm. Arden, he's been the second best pass rusher for the 49ers for the last month of the season. Right. Which is not really a great thing, even though he's been playing good for for who Arden Key is. But he's a rotational guy, you know. And so sure. they need somebody else to step up and help out. Nick Bosa, who's just getting doubled and chipped and held on every single play. And so if yeah. that starts to happen, that's what made it so easy in 2019 is you had DeForest Buckner and you had a healthy D Ford and you still had Eric Armstead. So mm-hmm. that was just too much for a team to block. And right now teams don't have to block as much on offense. But Croc, you can talk about the back end. Yeah, you know, it's weird because I think everybody thinks that front is the 49ers strength. But I really think it's, it's been the secondary for most of this year. You know, they've been limiting big plays. The biggest issue they've had, especially early on, was just pass interference calls. They've had them Mm -hmm. call on them at an alarming rate. And we know that's going on around the NFL, but it happened Mm -hmm. more with the 49ers than anyone else. All right. But aside from that, the back end actually plays well. It's the run defense that has struggled. And they haven't been really good tackling. And then the pass rush hasn't been that good. Yeah, it's pretty much Nick Bosa, like he was saying, Nick Bosa, and that's it. Now, Nick Bosa is kind of wrecking games by himself, but – He's the only guy you can kind of count on to consistently get pressure. So in turn, if you just have time or if the Vikings do things like, I'm pretty sure they want to do those big bootlegs and then try to take a deep shot downfield. That less of that. Goes, you said there's been less of that? Yeah, they've moved away from that like a lot. They still use the bootleg, but it's more of a gimme four yards kind of play now. They will still do some play action shot plays, but they're more straight drop now. But it's still like a shot play. Like They're still going for the explosive to your point, yeah. Yeah, but see, it's the play action that, that gets them because then you kind of have the line moving with the run action. And then, oh, it's not a run. It's a pass. And then mm-hmm. they just don't really get much pressure from there. But if you're just doing straight dropbacks, I think you're actually playing more into the 49ers defensive line's hands, mm-hmm. which, again, it's not a defensive line that has consistently gotten pressure. But if you're just doing straight dropbacks, I think that's you, you play more into they, they want you to do that more than the big bootlegs. Yeah, well, this might be an opportunity, too. I mean, the Vikings, they do not have a strong interior offensive line, and they've been doing straight dropbacks. So, yeah, if there's anybody that has any juice, now's the time. FYI, we had a much longer conversation than what you saw here. If you want to see the rest of it, go to Lockdown 49ers. We, they talked a lot about the Vikings there. Um, t- they asked me a lot of stuff you already know the answer to, but if you want to hear that conversation, go check them out. For us, we're going to move on to bold predictions just after we talk about protein bars. They are disgusting. Protein bars suck. They're like chalky and waxy and nasty but not Built Bars. Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're absolutely delicious. Come in a whole bunch of delicious flavors, and they're not chock full of sugar. They're not chock full of of carbs or anything like that. They're full of protein, full of fiber, low calorie, low sugar. They have all sorts of delicious stuff. This weekend, Friday through Sunday, this uh, post-Thanksgiving weekend, they're doing a Black Friday sale. They have a new flavor called Ruby Chocolate Puff, that's like marshmallowy and uh, ruby chocolate has this like rose color. It's an actual type of chocolate. It's kind of fruity. They have lemon dipped cheesecake puffs and their new built crave bar. If you buy any box of built bars through this Sunday, you can get two of their brand new candy bars built crave for free. 
You can also get 20% off of anything and everything at built.com if you enter promo code LOCKED20, L-O-C-K-E-D-2-0. There's a limited time offer, so get on it this weekend right now. 20% off anything at built.com for entering promo code LOCKED20. Your best Black Friday deals are at Built.com. It's a season to save, and you can give your taste buds the gift of Built Bar. That's 20% off of Built Bars and two free Crave Bars all at Built.com. Plus, you can get 60% off of Built Broth and Built Boost and 40% off of Built Swag. Just enter promo code LOCKED20, L-O-C-K-E-D-2-0 at Built.com. Let me also talk to you about Grambling. I hope you guys had fun betting on the Thanksgiving games. Of course, the Sunday games are there. College football still going hard. And you've got basketball, baseball, uh, MMA, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. You can gramble on all of it at betonline.ag. It is your one-stop shop for all things news, odds, and props. And they are covered, covering you all holiday season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. So... Are you ready to get bold? It's time for the bold prediction segment. Kind of one of my favorite things of the whole week here. Uh, I ask you for your bold predictions. You give me your bold predictions. You guys are getting so creative with these. I love it. We got to go over last week's and then we'll go over the ones you sent me for this week. So the first one we're going over from last week's win over the Packers came from Fizzy Lift, who said Kirk's voice would crack on the Vikings first offensive play. We did get Kirk voice cracks, but they didn't come until well into the third quarter. So not on the first offensive play, but I love where your head was at. Uh, Evan said Greg Joseph passing touchdown. We didn't get any of that. I really, I I was hoping for that one because in these rivalry games, teams really save some of their wacky stuff for these rivalry games. And both teams did like bring out things offensively that the other teams hadn't seen. And like Zimmer had pressures saved for this one and stuff, uh, but nothing on the special team side. Unfortunately, I was rooting for you. Uh, Nico said that Kirk would get a taunting penalty. Um, Apparently uh, at the game, Adam Thielen did some interesting stuff on the Green Bay sideline, kind of like the Keenan Allen ball flip from Jesperson in the Chargers game. So there could have been a taunting penalty, but it was another one where it was like in the middle of the sideline and nobody could see it. So it didn't get called. But boy, we're really playing with fire on those, huh? Uh, Stavi said over under Vikings go for it on fourth down at three and a half attempts and taking the over. I do not think they went for a single fourth down uh, at all, let alone over three and a half. So I liked where your head was at. And again, it was a rivalry game. You could see them having been more aggressive, but the game script never really called for it. I guess there were some fourth and shorts. They like could have arguably gone in and I bet the bots wanted them to, but, uh, we didn't get there. Uh, Kyle Slaby said that Tomlinson and Dalvin Tomlinson and Kenny Clark would leave their respective teams with three sacks each. Uh, neither of them got any sacks. I, I think Kirk only had the one sack that came from, I want to say it was Preston Smith, the one, the strip sack that uh, Christian Darasa ended up recovering. I think that was his only sack of the game. Um, Liam Thrill, Thrillkill said all sides score for the Vikings, offense, defense, and special teams, but offense does it last. Uh, no, offense, I mean, special teams, if you count field goals, the special teams scored first, but there were no defensive scores, of course. And then uh, Tone Center Matthias said that Kirk Cousins would catch his own pass twice. Loved where your head was at here, but we didn't get there. So let's move on to these ones for the 49er game. The first one comes from King Squeaks, who says that 49ers running backs rush for over 200 yards and three touchdowns combined. That could include Debo, but anything caught doesn't count. Uh, so no tap passes or anything like that. Um, you did you did say anything caught doesn't count, which I could be like super uh, monkey's paw about it and say that toss plays wouldn't count. But no, I'll say like logged rushing snaps um Debo can count as a running back and I'll, I'll even give you a little bit more I will say their top two rushers whoever they are would combine for over 200 yards and three touchdowns if that happens I will give it to you 
and I usually go into like the ESPN box score logging of uh, who what was a rush attempt, what was a pass attempt or whatever, uh, because, you know, Kyle Shanahan likes to blur that line. Uh, I gritty like Kirk says the Vikings offense doesn't get the ball until the second quarter. And uh, he went on in that uh, suggestion to say that like the 49ers would do a long drive and then a kick a field goal. We would fumble the kickoff and then they would get another drive and like that's how it would happen. I'm not going to hold you to the specificity of that. I will say if the Vikings offense does not touch the ball until the second quarter, um, you will get that. And it's really funny because in my conversation with Lockdown 49ers, they said that like that's the thing where like both teams will touch the ball once in the first quarter and like that's how Kyle Shanahan wants to play and it's kind of how Mike Zimmer wants to play too, like fewer drives, you know, kind of shorten the game, that kind of thing. So I feel like this is very in the spirit of how the game will go. Like, I feel like this, this one can cash in spirit very easily, but of course, I don't know if I've ever seen a team not get the ball at all once until the second quarter. Uh, Artley G 13 said that Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk combined for more rushing yards than Jefferson has receiving yards in spirit. It's kind of the same one as the one from King squeaks, but of course you have Debo and Ayuk combining for rushing yards more than Jefferson has receiving yards. Of course, Jefferson has had these two crazy, like crazy games, in a row. And so, you know, the 49ers are going to be like keying on him. So I could really see them like doubling him up a bunch and the offense goes elsewhere. That might not even be a bad thing. Might be like a KJ Osborne game or a big running game or something like that. Um, and then, you know, Jefferson ends up with like 40 yards and you have one big Ayuk run or one big Debo Samuel handoff and this could cash. I can see a world where this cashes, but I, I think it's bold enough. I was thinking about maybe taking Brandon Ayuk off of this and making it have to be Debo Samuel because it's a little bit not quite too bold. But I think it's bold enough because I do think the Vikings are going to really focus on not getting kind of having it run down their throat by deceptive weird jet sweep stuff. If the 49ers are going to run it, they're going to have to win physically and stuff, which they could do. But I think that'll be more traditional runs to like their true running backs and stuff. And I think that the tricky stuff I don't think is how the 49ers are going to win this game. I think they, if they win this game, they'll do it straight up. Uh, I, I toy says the Vikings get at least three rushing touchdowns and none of them are via running back. Okay. Love it. Uh, I love, I love the energy, right? The Vikings are playing around a lot with jet sweeps or end arounds and stuff. They're totally setting something up that they're going to cash in on the goal line. And it's going to be some weird direct snap to Chris Herndon. And then he just like waltzes in something like that. And then you maybe get a sneak or a, a dive over the top. Um, CJ Ham is a running back though for this. He counts as a running back. So, so CJ Ham dive or something doesn't get it for you. It's got to be something where they hand, like if they're going to do like a dive play that counts for this, it's got to be a dive play to like a nose tackle or something like James Lynch or something like that. Or to, you know, we'll, we'll go for six O-line and hand one off to Christian Darrisaw or something like that. Goggles says Trey Lance has his breakout performance when he comes to comes in to replace a terribly playing Jimmy G. Lance leads a would-be game-winning drive with less than two minutes left. However, Kirk leads another comeback that ends in a Greg Joseph kicking 50-plus yard uh, kick as time expires. Um, so I won't hold you to like the specifics of two minutes or how long the kick is or anything like that, but I will hold you to the sequence that you are suggesting here. Um, that Jimmy G gets benched on merit, so no injury, um, but actually gets benched on the merits of the game. Trey Lance comes in does very well, and I'm going to have to make a judgment call there if we get to this, uh, and then he, we need to have the like game-winning drive, but they leave too much time for Kirk, and then Kirk comes back and wins it. That I, I'm going to hold you to all of that, but none of the specifics about how many yards the kick is or anything like that, um, but I, I don't know. I don't think that there... There's been some weird comments out of San Francisco lately. They're being kind of cagey about it, but I... 
I don't think Trey Lance is coming in in this game. He might come in a little later, but it seems like they're fairly happy with Jimmy Garoppolo right now. And I think his leash is probably longer than 49ers fans want it to be. So I don't see this happening, but hey, that's what makes it bold. Uh, Easy Cheese Wizard comes in with the last one, who says Cousins throws an interception, but forces a fumble on the return, recovers, and rushes for a first down. Um, So the last part you don't actually need, because if you throw an interception and then they fumble the interception and then the original team recovers it, it is first down. If the defense gets possession and then the offense gets possession back, it just def- it resets the downs. You might even be behind where you started, but it becomes first and 10. So rushes for first down is kind of null, but I will give you Cousins throws a pick and then forces a fumble on the return. It's got to be a Cousins, re- uh, Cousins specifically forced fumble for this thing to cash. I'm really excited about this one. Um, I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. Hope you all have a great holiday weekend. I know a lot of people are out of town and stuff, so I hope you have a great time. Enjoy the game. We'll talk about it all on Monday. I will see you all then. In the meantime, check out the Locked On Bets podcast. Get your grambles straight. I will see you all later. And as always, skull.